For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Gentlemen, welcome to your Monday edition of The Line. This is the part of the show where I blow out your eardrums because I never know what my mic levels are. So I don't know how loud I need to scream, but there it is. A little bit of an issue for those of you that are listening to the live show today. We normally broadcast live on YouTube. That's not happening for whatever. I guess it's a YouTube thing. That's why we had the late start. Uh, But if YouTube decides to go live, we will be there as well. For now, we're right here. Anywhere you're listening in the world. Also, after the fact, uh, for those of you that are listening on Spotify, listening on Apple, uh, Apple Podcast, we are there as well. So, uh... Uh, welcome to the show. So glad you could join us. We're really excited about the Apple Podcast and Spotify stuff because uh, that just happened over the weekend. So now every time we do a show, we will be putting it on those platforms. There's actually like 10 other platforms that we're on, but I don't have that list in front of me. And, and honestly, some of them I've never even heard of. So I don't know if y'all use those or not, but there it is. Uh First off, the number to get in, 646-668-2714. 646-668-2714. There's a lot of news out there we're going to get to today. Uh, off the top, though, and I had the show lined up the way I wanted to do it, and it's the way I've always done. I put things in order, and I'm like, all right, we're going to talk about this, and then this, and this. And this. I, I, it's all in a line. And then right as I start the show, this piece of news comes down. I see it from CNN, and it's about 
a court case that made its way to the Supreme Court dealing with Planned Parenthood funding on a state level. Apparently, there were some lower courts that ruled uh, that states could not withhold funding from the Planned Parenthood facilities within their state. They couldn't withhold Medicaid funding um, because, and I don't have to get into the big reasons for why they want to withhold funding from Planned Parenthood. We all know that. Uh, So the lower courts issue that ruling that they can't not do that, so it makes its way to the Supreme Court, and it's kind of, that's just kind of the way things go. So it gets to the Supreme Court where we as freedom-loving, conservative, uh, Trump-loving Americans assume that we have the Supreme Court set up nicely to where things like this can finally get straightened out. To where we can have, at least on some level, a pattern of states not having to, if they don't want to, fund Planned Parenthood facilities since they're literally just in the business of killing black babies. It's a very racist concept, but for some reason our tax dollars still go to that. Um, It makes its way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court votes to not hear the case, which then deflects it back to the lower courts Thus, the ruling stands that states are, in fact, forced to give taxpayer money to their Planned Parenthoods. The the, the part that that bothers me the most, and I'm sure it's going to bother you guys as well, uh, and this all happened this morning, by the way, Monday morning, if you're listening on uh, uh, December 20th, 2018, this morning, They vote to not take up the case in a ruling that only had three justices vote to hear the case and the rest to not. The three justices that voted to hear the case, to hear it, not to vote to to uh, not to vote in favor of the states, just to hear the case. Those three justices that wanted to do that were Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, and Neil Gorsuch. You know who that leaves out, right? John Roberts, who is conservative, depending on what day of the week it is, but more bothersome, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, sides with the court's liberals in not taking up the case. There could be more to the story, I guess. I don't know. I'm having a hard time seeing it right now. I would love to hear Justice Kavanaugh's logic on this. But I can't help but let that bother me. It bothers me because... Unfortunately, we're in the day and age, in 2018, where justices are, in fact, either conservative or liberal. For those of us on this side, we view conservatives as constitutionalists, which is what a Supreme Court justice should, in fact, be. 
no matter what side of the aisle you're on. But I find it bothersome that uh, not Roberts, but Kavanaugh voted to not even take up the case to then allow the Supreme Court and the justices to discuss amongst themselves, to go through the hearing, and then decide whether or not states should have the right to not waste their taxpayer dollars on an abortion mill, on a, on a facility that murders babies in very large numbers. I find it hard to grasp that. I really do. But those cases always come to the Supreme Court and they'll make their way up there again. We'll see what happens, but the fact that the, the Judge Justice Kavanaugh is on this side of this issue, it should raise red flags for everybody. And maybe those red flags can be lowered soon enough. I hope so. Because I know, I feel like I invested a lot into Justice Kavanaugh, as a lot of you guys did. We talked about it on the radio for weeks on end. We went through the entire hearings together when all these accusations started popping up. We almost feel like we went to battle for the guy. And now here we are. I think the one thing I'm afraid of is that we, in fact, have another Justice Roberts on our hands. That Brett Kavanaugh is not necessarily who we thought he was or who we were led to believe he was. And I've had people tell us uh, the same thing. I've had people tell me, hey, don't get, uh, don't get on your high horse with Kavanaugh. Because I've got a feeling he is going to be another Roberts. That may be the case. I'm not willing to pull the plug on Kavanaugh just yet. But this one's a pretty big blow to my support for Justice Kavanaugh. Only because I had high expectations for the guy, as I'm sure a lot of you did. So that's breaking news out there today. Uh, I'll just leave that hanging. If there's something to, to revisit that one on, or if you guys want to discuss it, uh, we'll go back to it. You can give us a call, 646-668-2714. As far as, um, as, far as other news, we have a little bit of winning, and that is the fact that the U.S. has officially, after 75 years, ended our reliance on foreign oil. Yes! Yes! For the first time in 75 years, we are exporting more oil than we are importing. That's a big deal. Because you know you always hear people talk about, oh, we, well, we've got to be friends with the Middle East because that's where we get all our oil. Why do we rely on other people for our oil? Well, guess what? It's over! It's over! 
Those days are long gone. Thanks to President Trump. 75 years. We've been a net oil importer since 1949. Yet over the final week of November... Our imports of of crude oil and petroleum products fell to minus 211,000 barrels per day, which means we exported more than we imported. Uh, That's data coming from the U.S. Energy Information and Administration. Very exciting news. We should all be very excited about that. That's a big, that's bigly, that's a big deal. So, uh, yeah. Just want to put that out there. We got some stuff to talk about on the front of um, the UN, the international community, the European countries in particular, and what these what what these jabronis plan on doing at the uh, United Nations conference in Morocco later this week. It's actually pretty scary. It has to do with immigration and basically signing away your sovereignty signing away your country's sovereignty very scary stuff i'll uh, i'll give you the info on that we'll also discuss uh general uh chief of staff general john kelly who will be leaving by the end of the year that was news that broke last week the end of last week so we'll discuss that what that means uh, a lot of people are, are already throwing names out there and that's kind of when it comes to being a pundit on TV or even on the radio or podcasting or whatever, the cool thing to do is when something like that happens, you start guessing who's going to be next. And, of course, nobody ever gets it right, but it's just a fun thing to do. It's like picking who's going to win, you know, the Heisman Trophy or whatever. Speaking of the Heisman Trophy, we got some stuff to talk about on that front as well. You've probably already heard some of the news on that, but uh, we'll discuss it anyway, just in case you haven't. Also, the new Trump scandal, according to the mainstream media, according to the left, is these these brand new impeachable offenses that have surfaced within the Mueller notes against Michael Cohen. And it's all about paying people off, paying hush money. I mean, how many times do we have to go through this before we're like, okay, we get it. It happened. We've talked about it time and time again. Now it's all of a sudden, it's impeachable offenses again. How many times? How many times we got to go through that? So that's out there. What else? What else? Um, Oh, we'll talk a little James Comey as he spoke in front of the committees last week and uh, said he didn't recall certain things uh, over 200 times as he was questioned behind closed doors. Remember when we discussed that initially, and and it was James Comey saying he would not do the the testimony behind closed doors. He wanted to do it out in the public where everybody could see it. And the committee's like, no, we're, we're not doing that because... That gives you the opportunity to say, whenever you don't want to answer certain questions, say, oh, well, we're in front of cameras. I can't discuss that. That's sensitive information. So we'll do it behind closed doors where we can have no holds barred and you can tell us whatever we want to know. 
He refuses to do that, and then they come to an agreement. The agreement turns out to be that they do it behind closed doors, but they release the transcripts of everything said right after. Isn't that the same as doing it in front of the cameras? Doesn't he still have an out to say, I can't talk about that because people will be seeing the transcript? It's mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. But we'll get into that. Uh, oh, the other Trump controversy is bled over into the weekend from the Bush funeral where people uh, are saying that Donald Trump did not put his hand over his heart as the casket of George H.W. Bush passed. How dare him? How dare him? Turns out that wasn't really true, but people are running with it anyway. And it's not just trolls on Twitter. It's actually people that have their own TV shows on the mainstream media. So that's out there. Also, uh, plenty more stuff. I got Whoopi Goldberg. I got some immigration stuff. I know y'all feel beat down by the immigration stuff, but uh, it's all over the place. Parkland's back in the news. Uh, Al Sharpton's daughter's in the news. How about that? That's exciting. We'll throw that out you. Also, Time Magazine releasing their top 10 nominees for 2018 Person of the Year. That's right. That's right. It's exciting. It's, a, it's an amazing list. I promise you. You're going to absolutely love this list. You're going to love it. Love it. All right, here's what we'll do. We'll take a break. Come back on the other side. I want to apologize in advance because I woke up sick this morning, so my voice sounds crappy. I'm having to hit the cough button over and over in order to not make disgusting noises for this podcast but i'm gonna try to survive we started late so we've only got an hour and a half to go so we'll see what happens we'll see if i survive 646-668-2714 646-668-2714 is the number that will get you in we'll try to get the youtube live stream going but for right now we're on blog talk radio and for those of you listening on the back end you're listening to apple podcast and Spotify, you don't need to do anything. Just sit back and listen. Back after this.
So, the president of Mexico yesterday, or the ex-president, whatever, whoever, he said, we will not pay for the wall, even consider paying for the wall. So, who's going to pay for the wall? 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 yesterday and they said the president of mexico said they will not under any circumstances pay for the wall they said to me what is your comment i said the wall just got 10 feet higher it's true Over the line, over the line podcast show thingy. Still working on getting all our outlets up and going, but uh, it is what it is. If it don't work, it don't work. It's what happens when you rely on big tech, like YouTube's. They don't, they don't do what you need them to do. Six four six. 668-2714 is the number. 646-668-2714. Oh, I thought my music just crapped out. <laughs> I'm so sick today, y'all. But I'm pushing through. It's on the day I'm sick. Nothing wants to work right. Imagine that. But who cares? Who cares? Just shake it off. Just shake it off like Taylor Swift says. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, let me tell you about this real quick. And you've probably heard this. 
But I saw this this morning, and it comes from uh, the Hoover Police Department um, in somewhat of an update on the the Galleria shooting protest. They've arrested uh, a handful of people, if I'm not mistaken, four people have been arrested. I don't know if I've got that right or not. Hang on a second. Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, they did a weekly update this morning about the case, and the city officials said they have consistently stated their support for each individual's right to peacefully assemble. They said, however, some of these protests have taken an unsafe turn and violent or otherwise dangerous actions uh, that have the potential to threaten or injure our residents and visitors. It will not be allowed. We continue to support the community's right to safely protest while at the same time maintaining the safety of our entire community. Individuals violating the law will be prosecuted. Uh, the biggest update, uh, or the biggest, the biggest part of this update is the fact that the latest guy to be arrested in these protests is a guy by the name of... Andy Bayer. Now, Andy Bayer sounds like he may just be a normal guy that's angry about a police shooting that he was not there to witness and really doesn't know the facts on yet. But he's not just any Andy Bayer. He is Andy Bayer, University of Alabama at Birmingham professor. Andy Bayer is a professor at UAB. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't with this. So, one of our enlightened professors from UAB, our place of higher learning, that many of you send your kids to, many of you send your children to places like UAB and others all over the country with the understanding that they're going to be taken care of, they're going to come back so much more educated. They're going to be smart. They're going to have their degrees. They're going to be ready to tackle the world, ready to take on the world. And then you find out Andy Bayer, or the Andy Bayers of the nation, are the ones teaching your children. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. And think about that, though. Think about you're a, a, a well-to-do professor. You got a good gig, apparently. That's your job. So you got a good job. You do what you do. You're teaching kids. You're making a difference in the world. But one, one evening, one random Thursday, Friday night, whatever it was, you decide, you know what? I'm going to go out and join these protests. And I'm going to get arrested. Because these people go out anticipating being arrested. They're not out there thinking, I'm just going to be safe and, and do what the police tell me to do. They're like, no, we're going to go out here. We're going to be defiant. And we're going to do whatever we can to get arrested. Why? Because we want the optics of being arrested. We want our picture on the front page of 
AL.com's website. We we want our picture on the front page of the newspapers. So we can feel like we can be seen. So the history books will see us and show us as real defenders of civil rights. The, the history books will show us as, as the heroes we are. You're not a hero. You're an idiot. You're not just any idiot. You're a really big idiot. And, and history is going to show that. Because guess what? History is going to include the facts of this case. And when people put those two together, they put together what you did before you had the facts, and they put the facts together with that, they're going to be like, oh, this guy was an idiot. Probably was a good idea that he got arrested. <laughs> That's what they're going to show. But there's many more people like this guy that will continue to protest. And um, here's what they'll do, and this is what they've got in their head. They know that they're not going to get the information early. They know that they're not going to get a get an answer to this investigation any earlier than anybody else. They're not going to speed up the process. They're slowing it down, if anything. But they're going to continue to do this because they know eventually the evidence will come out. And when it does, they can throw their hands up in the air and say, Oh, look at us. We're the ones that got them to release the information. Well, no, you didn't. You just happened to protest long enough to the point that it was time for the evidence to come out. That's the kind of people you're dealing with here. Anyway, that story's out there. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that there will be more of those uh, the stories come out, and we will bring those to you as they happen. Let me do this. Let me move across the pond real quick because this is an important story that I think everybody needs to be watching. It's got to do with the United Nations conference in Morocco that's going to be happening later this week. You've got um, your European leaders like your Theresa May, your uh, Macron, your, your Angela Merkels that are going to be involved in this. And they are on the side of this proposition asking nations to sign away their sovereignty, sign away their freedoms, sign away their identity in one of the most egregious, dangerous agreements ever devised by the UN. And this is all in the name of the UN Global Compact for Migration. So what does all that mean? It, it means that the UN wants these countries to, to sign a, a document, collectively sign this document and say, hey, we're going to open our borders. We're not going to leave any refugee behind. Our country is their country. This country doesn't belong to us. We just happen to live here. So we're going to let anybody and everybody come in. There's a clue to how toxic this this whole situation is, this this theory, this this proposition. It's it's toxic because when even a country as emasculated and, and politically correct as Australia finds it 
too much to swallow, you've got a real problem. The countries that are refusing to sign this are obviously we here in the U.S., Hungary, Poland, Australia, Italy, Israel, Bulgaria, and Australia. And that last one is the one you can go ahead and take to the bank on why it's a bad idea. Australia is one of the most liberal continents we have. They're one of the most liberal countries that are out there. If anybody is going to open their borders, it's going to be Australia. And even they say this is a bad idea. But there's a bigger clue as to this this surrender monkey awfulness that's offered by the countries which are which are planning on signing up to it these countries include some that I just mentioned I'll go through the list again for you though um, Ireland plans on signing this Justin President Bieber I mean Trudeau Canada plans on signing this. You've also got Macron and Angela Merkel. But those two, Ireland and Canada, arguably the two Western nations you'd least want to be living in right now because they're currently in the hands of of politically correct bedwetters that are bent on destroying every last vestige of, of their national identity and replacing it with some kind of squishy globalist melting pot where people of all colors and creeds hold hands under a big rainbow. That's what they envision when they sign this thing. You've got the UK planning on signing it, which is it's bizarre for the UK... It's bizarre to the point of uh, of it being you can't even comprehend it when you when you discover what this UN global compact on migration entails simply because of what they've been through from this open borders mentality This proposition just makes it so much easier for anybody and everybody to come into their country, to migrate into their country. And it won't just be a trickle. It won't be one or two people coming over. It will be hordes of people coming over. Hordes of good people mixed in with hordes of bad people. It's not the kind of migration that you uh, you or me might approve of, say, eager computing graduates from the universities of uh, the, the, those countries uh, coming to, to bolster our tech economy with their Python programming skills. We're spending a few years in Singapore or Costa Rica or Switzerland or the U.S. or wherever in order to ride out the coming terror attacks in their country. That's not what's migrating. Donald Trump says he only wants the the best people coming in. And that's not to say 
that we don't or won't bring in people that just need help and maybe don't have a whole lot to offer. We, we can do that, and we do do that. But as far as this goes, it is very dangerous. You just look at London, and this is something we've talked about time and time again. London has an insane amount of stabbings going on in their country because they pride themselves on being a gun-free a gun-free zone, right? We don't have guns over in the UK, so we don't deal with any mass shootings. We don't have mass shootings. People aren't shooting each other in the street like in Chicago. But they are stabbing the crap out of each other on a daily basis. For some reason, you've got people from Bangladesh, Somali, and the Middle East going around stabbing your British natives on a regular basis. They don't need a gun to commit rape as they do on a regular basis. All these things happen in London. Why? Because London said, come one, come all. You guys, come on in. We're going to welcome you with open arms. Because what could go wrong? You know? I mean, we all hang out here in the UK, and we're all buddy-buddy, and, and, you know, I do for you, you do for me. We wave at our neighbor. We say hello every morning. So if, if these new people come in, and, and we're really nice to them, and we welcome them with open arms, well, they're going to reciprocate. They're going to they're gonna give us the same thing. Uh, not exactly. If you are a bank teller, you're working at your local branch, you have a guy come up, and uh, he slides you a note and points a gun in your face. The note says, give me all your money or I'm going to blow your brains out. Well, do you think that going the route of just chatting him up and just being real nice all of a sudden, instead of giving him that money, do you think that's going to work out for you? You think he's going to have a change of, of heart and be like, well, you know what, this lady's nice. I can't rob her. All shucks. Let me get on out of here. I apologize for wasting your time, ma'am. I hope you have a fantastic day. It's not how it works in the real world, y'all. It is not how it works. And this is just going to be bad, bad, bad news for the EU and for these other countries. That thinks it's a grand idea to go this route. Good luck to you. Just don't call us asking for help when you've opened your own borders and you've given up your own sovereignty to be the nice guys of the world. This is the music that'll be playing as they uh, as they open their borders and sign the treaty. Come on in, all you migrants. We're so happy to have you. Everybody, come on in. You can stay at my place. We'll have lunch together. We'll go on picnics. We'll go bowling. Wait. What are you doing with that knife? No! No! No!
I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. just got 10 feet taller. here and we're gonna get them out.
with you over the line, the podcast your mom warned you about. Andrew McLean, currently broadcasting on Block Talk Radio. So if you are listening live, I think that's possibly the only place you can hear us right now. Because something's going on with the YouTubes. And I, I guess that's, I don't know. I don't know if it's on our end or their end or what. But they're not fond of the live video right now. 646-668-2714 is the number. 646-668-2714. You want to get in. That's the way to do it. Also, overthelineshow.com is the website. If you have not visited the website, make sure you do so. Go to the bottom of the page and subscribe to the newsletter. I think all you have to do is enter your email address and send it our way. And then we can keep you updated on anything and everything uh, we got going on. We'll probably be sending out an email that uh, makes people aware that Over the Line is now available on Spotify and Apple Podcast. So you need to be sure and subscribe. Subscribe, if you will. And uh, and just uh, make it happen. Make it happen. We switched our times for those of you listening on the the live end of things. We normally do this show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're switching that up a little bit, at least until we get through the holiday season. Uh, doing it a little earlier in the day, it's it's kind of helping us out a little bit. So um, the big part is just making sure you guys have the ability to go back and watch it if you don't get to watch it live. It's hard to do it during the day because everybody's at work and it's not as easy as just flipping on your radio in the car we get that but then at night it's harder because you guys are wrangling kids and you getting your end of the day stuff done you you got a hundred things to do when you got you got more stuff to do when you came home than you did when you were at work and it's just a big mess that's just life so we're just trying to make this as easy as possible for you guys to uh, make it happen be able to listen to the show all right, um, let's move towards Chief of Staff John Kelly. Chief of Staff John Kelly, Donald Trump's right-hand man as far as the Oval Office is concerned. Uh, he will be bowing out. He will be stepping down from his position at the end of the year. Donald Trump made that announcement last week. Uh, no real surprise, although anytime this stuff comes around, because the Trump administration has had uh, a higher a higher turnover rate than average, but it's been under extraordinary circumstances. This should come as no surprise for anybody that's been paying attention, because when John Kelly came into that position, he made it clear that he was probably not going to be there for the long haul. He was a guy that was already within the administration, and once the last transition happened, once the last guy left, they brought in John Kelly and said, hey, were you willing to do this? And he said, sure, I'll do anything to uh, anything within my ability to, to serve this country. So he did so, and now he feels like it's time to go. 
He's not abruptly leaving, any of that. He's just go ahead and setting in the date, and he's saying, I'm out of here at this time. That gives the Trump administration to figure out who they want to put in there. It also has the mainstream media on, you know, on the left and the right trying to guess who the next guy in is. It's just kind of standard procedure to have big, long, drawn-out, boring discussions about who's going to be the next one. Uh, I've heard names floated like Fox News was really big on, on Mark Meadows this morning. And I, I don't know why they would, they would think that's a good idea, especially with the situation in the House. But um, you'll probably see, I don't know, I, I, I want to say you'd probably see somebody already within the administration moving their way up uh, to that position, but maybe not. I, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate because I think it's stupid. Nobody's going to get it right. Nobody's going to guess who it is. So uh, just wait and see. Just wait and see. What if he uh what if he brings Cliff Sims back and puts Cliff Sims as uh chief of staff P release chief of staff P release <laughs> cracking myself up I'm sick as a dog today y'all like my throat hurts so bad and I know I probably don't sound like it I'm trying to push through but my eyes are watering my throat's hurting and I'm just I'm on the struggle bus, cuz. So anyway, there's not much to say about the chief of staff stuff. It's just, it's out there. Take it for uh, for what you will. Uh, on the other side of the Trump administration, the latest controversy surrounding Donald Trump himself is the new hush money accusation. Da, da, da. Hush money payments that have surfaced in the Michael Cohen filings. Michael Cohen, formerly uh, Donald Trump's lawyer, who was hemmed up by Robert Mueller and the special um, prosecutor for the Russia investigation. They hem up Michael Cohen for a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with Donald Trump. They charge him with stuff that has nothing to do with Donald Trump. And then within the filings, and they did this on purpose, within the filings, they put stuff in there that implicates Trump as far as paying some sort of hush money. Not that they're coming after Trump because of this hush money. Because if they could, they would, but they're not. But they put it out there just so the pundits and the Democrats can get their hands on it and then start talking impeachment again. Now, it's important to note that they have control of the House, okay? It takes the House and the Senate to impeach the president, but the House has a Democrat majority. And we know almost every single Democrat wants to impeach the president. Not because he did something wrong, they just want to impeach him because he won the office and their guy girl didn't so they've taken this uh jerry nadler in particular who's the uh representative from new york democrat obviously he is the incoming chair of the house judiciary committee which is a scary thought in itself think about this think about this this is scary jerry nadler is taking chuck grassley's spot 
on the House Judiciary Committee. He is the chairman. So the guy that has to keep the peace, the guy that has to keep everything on track, on the up and up, when they're doing these circus of a hearing, is now Jerry Nadler, the Democrat. That should scare the crap out of anybody that's going to be in front of that committee because it is going to be a nightmare. A nightmare. So anyway, Jerry Nadler, once he finds out about these filings and about this alleged hush money payment, he immediately comes out and tells Jake Tapper yesterday morning on his State of the Union show that... Donald Trump has committed impeachable offenses by telling his then-lawyer Michael Cohen to pay two different women during the 2016 presidential election. But, Andrew, why is that impeachable? I don't understand. Well, let me tell you why you don't understand. Because it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It doesn't exist. Uh, they would have to literally go in and prove that Donald Trump, who is a bazillionaire, was so tied for money that he dipped into his campaign funds in order to pay off these women. Now, the discussion of paying off the women is is one separate from this. Um, Donald Trump has been a playboy for years and years. So it's likely... It's it's likely, it's very possible that Donald Trump did the tango with a couple women, these two women in particular. It's possible he did it with a lot of women. It's possible that he, he uh, did something with these two women, and then they uh, acted like they wanted to talk to the press about it, and he didn't want that out there because it's negative PR or whatever, or because he's married. So he orders his lawyer, hey, give those women a few hundred thousand dollars and just tell them to shut up and go away. Sign a piece of paper agreeing that you're not going to say anything and just go away. Or the other scenario, which has happened to Donald Trump and many other rich people several times, somebody comes with an accusation and says they're going to take them to court if they don't pay them a bunch of money. And the accusations end up, end up not being true but for the sake of not having to get drugged through court and pay legal expenses that would exceed any kind of hush money payment you would make, they go ahead and pay the hush money. People with a lot of money do that all the time. All the time. Some guilty, some not guilty. Some just want to be away from that situation. So they say, here's the money. Shut up. Go away. I got things to do. That may have been the case for Donald Trump. It may not have been the case for Donald Trump. But nonetheless, Jerry Nadler and the Democrats want us to believe that Donald Trump didn't have enough money to pay his hush money payments out of his own pocket. So he had to dip into the campaign funds. Boy, what a concept. And the the media has been running with this as well. I actually saw... Maxine Waters was on AM Joy over the weekend. And it wasn't Joy Reid on there. It was some dude filling in for her. Um, 
but she was <laughs> talking about this whole thing too. And she's just, it, it, Maxine Waters is at a point where she just cracks me up because she's so absurd and she thinks she thinks she's all uh, so smart and she's justified and all these things. Like she gets on there and she starts talking about how, I told you so, I told you this was coming. And it's like, you told us what was coming. Like nothing's happening. There's nothing, nothing's here. What are you talking about? Here, I'll actually, I'll let you listen to a little bit of Maxine Waters. This is, uh, this is her again. She was on MSNBC AM Joy. Here she goes. And it is this message that he keeps sending to those people who continue to support him that they should do anything in order to so-called make America great again. Well, uh, Congresswoman Waters, we went through an eventful Friday where we got uh, filings related to Michael Cohen, Paul Manafort. Oh, yes. The week before, it was Michael Flynn. This is my first time talking to you since all of that went down. I would like to get your reactions to all of this and, the, and, and how you, your feelings about the president's reaction to all of this, saying that all of this, he's vindicated, quote, totally vindicated. Well, I hate to say it, but it's like I'm going to say it. I told you so. Remember, I started out talking about this president even before the inauguration. I told you so. She told y'all so. She told you. She done told you. She was telling you before the inauguration. And I talked about him being a despicable character. I talk about him not being worthy of the presidency of the United States of America. And I pointed to Manafort and Flynn and Papadopoulos and all of those allies of his connected to Russia, connected to the oligarchs of Russia, connected to the Kremlin. And I said, it's not simply about wanting to undermine our democracy. This was about lifting those sanctions. I that the agreement uh, between Manafort uh, and Putin coming to the campaign to begin with was to do everything they could do to get this president elected so that he could be the president that were going to lift these sanctions so they could all make money from mm -hmm. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We lifted sanctions on Russia. We're at the point that since Donald Trump won, and he was boosted by the Kremlin, by Vladimir Putin, by Russia, that is the reason that Russia's had all these sanctions lifted? I mean, does she even know what's going on in the world right now? Russia is heavily sanctioned from us. And every time we find out something about them, whether they're putting bots on social media or something stupid that really they shouldn't be sanctioned for, we sanction them. We've been sanctioning them. Since Donald Trump has been president, we've been punishing Russia time and time again. Yet for some reason, Maxine Waters thinks it's the opposite, and it's because Donald Trump owes something to Vladimir Putin. And I continue to say that you follow the money and you'll catch all of these thieves. This president has brought a criminal enterprise into the White House. Congresswoman, let me have you take a listen to John Dean and what he had to say Friday on CNN. I don't know that this will forever disappear into some dark hole of unprosecutable presidents, uh, I think we'll, it'll resurface in the Congress. I think what this hmm. totality of today's filings show, that the, the House is going to have little choice the way this is going, other than to start impeachment proceedings. 
Now, Congresswoman, one thing you've been very consistent about from almost minute one of this presidency is that president is that you keep talking about the, the president needs to be impeached. Yes, that's exactly correct, sir. Trump should be impeached. That was when you were in the minority. In, in a few weeks, you are going to be in the majority. Uh, I don't think that you've changed your mind that the president should be impeached. My question to you is. At what she's violently shaking her head no. No, sir. I have not changed my mind. Wait, do you think impeachment proceedings should begin? Well, let me just say this. I do believe that the Congress of the United States of America have not assumed their responsibility that's given to us by the Constitution of the United States by way of impeachment. This president, in my estimation, what's been given to you by the Constitution? The ability to impeach a president for no real reason? I didn't know it said that in the Constitution. I'll have to check that out. Has done everything possible uh, to certainly uh, be eligible for impeachment. And so I really do think that it should be started. Listen to that terminology. The president has done everything possible. Keyword everything. Everything possible to be eligible for impeachment. So he's done all the things, all the bad things you can do as president that would get you kicked out of office. Donald Trump's done all of them. Every one of them. Every one of them. Does that include, um, I don't know, running guns to gang members? In an effort to, uh, I don't know, cause danger across the region? Does it include sending uh, billions of dollars to Iran in the middle of the night? Does it include uh, getting freaky with a secretary in the Oval Office? I, all those? Those obviously aren't impeachable offenses because... Those presidents didn't kick out of office. But what Donald Trump has done, Donald Trump has done all the things, all the things that would make you eligible to be booted from office. When we get back on the other side, I'll give you Donald Trump's uh, reaction to a lot of this, which is pretty good. Also, he gives reaction to James Comey's testimony from behind closed doors when we get our hands on that transcript as of last week. We'll give you all that and plenty more right here on this Monday edition of Over the Line. The number, if you want to get in, 646-668-2714. 646-668-2714. Also, Over the Line show. If you have not visited the site, go do it now. Sign up for the newsletter so you can get updated on everything over the line has to offer. Over the line now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and plenty of other platforms. So if you haven't looked us up there, go do that. Subscribe. It makes listening to the show extremely, extremely easy. Quick break. Back after this.
먹방 김정스타 김정스타 K-POP 김종스타일 Line podcast, Andrew McLean hanging out with ya. With ya. It's all good, baby, baby. I should have been a rapper. Why y'all laughing? 646-668-2714. 646, area code. 
646-668-2714. That'll get you in on the show. Working on getting some guests in, possibly this week. We'll obviously have Jeff Poor on Wednesday. Well, I think we will. I haven't told him about the time change yet. <laughs> so we'll see. Also working on getting some more guests that uh, you guys may enjoy to add some content to this show. Also, uh, it won't be long. We'll start putting out weekend podcasts for you guys to take with you. And I've kind of explained that already. It's it's a podcast that will be more centered around uh, just shooting the breeze instead of structured political talk like this stuff. Because you can only handle so much of this right here. I understand. I'm the same way. After a while, I'm like, ugh, ugh, make it stop. Make the news stop. But the news never stops, and that's why we uh, continue to do this. Okay, so Trump comes out after the the Michael Cohen documents uh, from Robert Mueller make their way into the public square, and he decides he wants to comment on it. He basically says... Um, Democrats are unable to find collusion, so they're trying to focus on a private transaction. Uh, here, here's exactly what he said. Let me find his tweets. Da, 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 da. Okay, here he goes. Democrats can't find a smoking gun trying the Trump campaign, uh, t- tying the Trump campaign to Russia after Comey's testimony. Here's what's, it, it doesn't say smoking gun. It says smocking gun. He misspelled it. Democrats can't find a smoking gun trying to tie the Trump campaign to Russia after James Comey's testimony. No smoking gun. He, t- he did it twice. <laughs> no smoking gun, no collusion. That is a quote from Fox News. So maybe he just copied and pasted it and they misspelled it. I don't know. He said that's because there was no collusion. So now the Democrats go to a simple private transaction. Wrongly call it a campaign contribution, which it was not, but even if it was, it is only a civil case like Obama's. But it was done correctly by a lawyer, and there would not even be a fine. Lawyer's liability if he made a mistake, not me. Cohen just trying to get his sentence reduced. Witch hunt. I don't know what I would do if Donald Trump were not on Twitter. This world would be not near as fun. Talking about politics would not be as much fun if Donald Trump did not have a Twitter. He goes on to say, uh, in reference to James Comey's testimony, he said, On 245 occasions, former FBI Director James Comey told House investigators he did not know, didn't recall, or couldn't remember things when asked. Open investigation on four Americans, not two, didn't know who signed off, and didn't know Christopher Steele. All lies. Then he says, Leakin' James Comey must have set a record for who lied the most to Congress in one day. His Friday testimony was so untruthful. This whole deal is a rigged fraud headed up by dishonest people who would do anything so that I could not become president. They are now exposed. 
He gives another quote from Geraldo that says, This is collusion illusion. There is no smoking gun here. At this at this later at this late date, after all that we have gone through, after millions have been spent, we have no Russian collusion. There is nothing impeachable here. Then Donald Trump says, Time for the witch hunt to end. Think about this, and this is just regular common sense logic, okay? And because this is this is the way I tackle these issues. It's I don't necessarily do a lot of critical thinking, maybe because I'm not capable of doing so, but I just kind of look at things logically. But for someone who is guilty of a crime, and and they're being investigated and, and the whole nation's watching. Do you think that person that's being investigated for something they did, let's say they did it, do you think that person is going to be very outspoken and talking about the investigation every single day, especially when it's at a point where it seems like they're getting nowhere with the investigation? Most people would just lay low and say, hey, I think I'm going to get off the hook. I think I'm going to get away with this, so I'm just going to keep my head low. I'm not going to do anything to, uh, you know, turn the tables or give them any reason to to actually find out that I did do this. I'm just going to keep my head down. They certainly wouldn't be on Twitter every day mocking the prosecutor and mocking everybody involved and talking about it's a witch hunt. So what does that tell you? That tells you Donald Trump has the confidence to get out here and speak on this every single day because he knows he's not guilty. And he knows there's nothing there for them to find. Every accusation they throw his way, he trolls the crap out of them because he knows he's not guilty. I think he enjoys doing that more than anything. Some people see Donald Trump as a frustrated, bitter old man who is just miserable about everything, hates everything, and is just constantly, constantly complaining. I, however, I think Donald Trump is possibly the happiest man on the planet because he's doing what he loves. Not only is he ultra-successful, but he's reached the pinnacle in politics without even starting at the bottom. And he's making America great again, just like he said he was going to do. Promises are being kept, and that's what drives the left so crazy, is that Donald Trump is actually keeping his promises. While other politicians are like, wow, I could never do that. He's making us look bad. We just got the people used to us breaking our promises. And now here's this guy. And I know you're saying, Andrew, but what about the wall? What is, he, has to pray, he broke his promise on the wall. He hasn't broke his promise on the wall. That promise is not broken. He's still fighting every single day, as well as another handful of people fighting for that wall every single day. And he's not going to give up on it. It's not going to be easy, but he'll get it done. And don't be surprised if Mexico still pays for it. Mexico is really coming around as of late. 
you don't hear Vicente Fox as much talking about F Donald Trump and F your wall. You don't hear that anymore. There's a reason for that. Anyway, that was uh, that was Donald Trump's reaction to all that going down. Just watching the mainstream media react uh, to that has been humorous. Watching them react to Donald Trump at the uh, funeral of George H.W. Bush was, was pretty funny as well. Pictures started circulating the Internet of Donald Trump as, as uh, the casket made its way into the Capitol. He was standing there, as you know, with Melania, the Obamas, and uh, the Clintons, and then Jimmy Carter was there as well. They were all in that front row. Uh, they snapped a picture of everybody who still had their hands over their hearts, but Donald Trump did not. And it's one picture, okay? One picture. When you go back and watch the video, you find out that Donald Trump did actually put his hand over his heart, but even in the exit of the body of George H.W. Bush, he held his hand on his heart much longer than anybody else. But the media doesn't care about those things. They saw a picture on the internets. And a picture is worth a thousand minutes worth of content on MSNBC. Here's with Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC. This is them talking about. It's absolutely hilarious. Listen to this. Still stood alone. Joining me now is Christian Welker at the White House, NBC's White House correspondent, Kimberly Atkins, Boston Herald's Washington bureau chief, and an MSNBC contributor, and Shannon Pettypiece, White House correspondent at Bloomberg News. Welcome all. Christian, watching that service, the president sitting often with his arms akimbo like this when everyone else was prayerfully looking forward, they were not... Akimbo? What is that? What is akimbo? Akimbo slice? It's the only akimbo I know. Anyway. Exchange. I mean, there was one handshake with the Obamas sitting closest to him, but no other interchanges that we could see. And, Andrea, it was a reminder that this president in many ways uh, breaks ideologically from his predecessors, but that he has some very intense tensions that continue to this day. And I was watching all of that unfold yesterday, Andrea, and thought about the fact that it was just a few weeks ago that he retweeted that image of former President Obama behind bars, Hillary Clinton behind bars. He was out on the campaign trail during the midterms and his supporters chanted, lock her up. Um, Michelle Obama revealing in her memoir that she will never be able to forgive the current occupant of the White House for suggesting that her husband was not a legitimate president because she felt as though that put her family at risk. And so all of those tensions were really simmering almost to the surface. But it is notable and important that President Trump did shake hands with former President Obama and former First Lady Michelle Obama, as if to say for the country, we have to have this moment of comedy. At the same time, also worth noting, he didn't shake hands with anyone else in his row, which is something that's getting a lot of attention as well. We're not. Oh, my goodness. He only shook hands with the Obamas. Oh, my gosh. He only shook hands with the black people. He was obviously just trying to pander and and show that he's not a racist. That's why he did that. He didn't want to. He didn't want to touch those black people, but he had to. He had to do it. There was a pretty funny interaction as well. When uh, uh, Trump and Melania showed up, And they shook the hands of the Obamas and Bill Clinton as well. And uh, 
Hillary looked over, and uh, Melania waved at Hillary, and Hillary just turned her head. So good. So good. I'm cracking myself up, and I'm sick. I don't need to be doing this. Whew! I, that's that's pure comedy. Pure comedy. But again, uh, the the moral of that story was they say they were saying just judging by one picture that Donald Trump didn't have his hand over his chest they would say things like what's wrong with this picture they say this is a guy who demonizes football players for taking a knee during the anthem to protest racial injustice in my mind this is 100 times worse than taking a knee at a football game but nobody bothered to watch the video. Hmm. Imagine that. Imagine that. Liberals don't want to do their research. I know. You're probably thinking, hmm, that's a new one. We'll take a quick break. Coming back on the other side to wrap up this episode of Over the Line. Don't forget OverTheLineShow.com. We're also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we're on there because of days like these. Days where the YouTube doesn't work. And you've got one less outlet to listen to the show live. If you are listening and you do want to get in on the show, 646 668 2714. 646 668 2714 will get you all up in this show. Over the Line Podcast will be back right after this. I know that you got opinions, but won't you consider this? Your skin tone oppresses millions, so just quiet down a bit. Come join me in gender studies, come get a useless degree. And when you make garbage money, take no responsibility. Come be PC, come be PC. 
Things are so splendid when you're offended. Take it from me. We're fighting for progress, can't you see? Silencing all who might disagree. So respectfully, be a cry bully, come be PC. Come join us in our safe spaces, our shelters from points of view. And maybe on rare occasions, we'll let you think something new. But if we deem your thoughts toxic, we might have to shut you down. And if you critique our logic, better use our preferred pronouns. Come be PC. Come be PC. Our low-key racism is heroism, obviously. Let's all fight for the little guy From our parents' mansions online Come join our prison, look what you're missing Come be PC Come be PC We're a collective, varied perspectives must go unseen Different opinions are okay As long as they're different in the same way Come join our cult, it's not difficult Oh, come be PC Hanging out with you on this Monday, December 10th, 2018. Some more breaking news outside of what we talked about at the very top of the show, and we may revisit that for people that are catching this live on the backside. Although you people listening on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Anchor, you've already heard it. But this breaking news is about sanctions, which is something we talked about sanctions on Russia because of that clip we played. But uh, the U.S. has apparently sanctioned three North Korean officials. Uh, says Treasury is sanctioning senior North Korean officials who direct departments that uh, perpetrate the regime's brutal state-sponsored censorship activities, human rights violations and abuses in order to suppress and control the population. Um, From what I'm seeing, and there's very little information on this, this is just uh, coming across Twitter, Uh, they've imposed these sanctions on three individuals. One of them is apparently a close aide to Kim Jong-un, which... When you hear that news, the first thing you think is the peace talks may be in danger. But maybe not. I mean, let's be honest. How much does Kim Jong-un really care about his aides? 
you look at him the wrong way, he'll put you in front of the firing squad. <laughs> well, it's a big deal, right? Right? What's the life of an aide between friends? No need to fight over that. You know, you know. All right, 646-668-2714. 646-668-2714 to get in up in this show as we got about uh, 18 or so minutes left before we wrap this thing up. Still moving along. Uh, this is bizarre right here. Parkland, Florida. Parkland, uh, uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. We all recall the the travesty, the tragedy that, that happened there on Valentine's Day in 2018 where Nicholas Cruz went into that school and murdered, murdered so many innocent children. Apparently, we just found out that Parkland parents are outraged over the fact that some of their students were given an assignment on the school shooter. 17 innocent people died in that. Most of them in that school, friends with these people. Carried out by a 19-year-old who legally purchases his rifle and then carried it into the campus, which is a gun-free zone, where no one could shoot back. Teachers and staff and students were defenseless, and the one armed school resource officer, former Deputy Scott Peterson, stood outside the building instead of confronting the shooter, thereby creating a scenario where the attacker had uh, the time to pause and, and reload five times during that attack. But this assignment from December 9th, well, it's not from December 9th, it's from the, the, the report is from December 9th, from WABC. They said that students at Coral Glades High School in the Broward County District were given an assignment in which they were asked if the uh, Marjorie Stoneman Stoneman shooter deserved to die for what he did. Coral Glades is another Broward County school, and Parkland parents were outraged by the assignment. Marjorie Stoneman attack survivor and gun control proponent Cameron Kasky, Cameron Kasky, was taken aback as well, commenting on the assignment by saying, "I cannot begin to how, I cannot begin to express how pathetic I find this." This is insane. Andrew Pollock, you know from uh, from hearing him on the radio with us, he was talking to Breitbart News today and said the Broward County School District called me and said they did not know about the assignment and apologized that it was ever given. He said, but the fact that the fact that assignment was given shows the incompetence of the public school system in Broward County. 
how something like that assignment can slip through the cracks. It's the same incompetence which explains how the killer was able to slip through the cracks. Such incompetence is one of the reasons why my daughter is no longer here. That's amazing to me that there is a teacher out there that felt like it was a good idea to to put an assignment together and say, hey, write an essay on why you think the Parkland shooter should be put to death or why you don't think he should be put to death. I guarantee you that this teacher was looking for people to oppose the death penalty for this guy and give her some explanation about how he needs another chance at life. How he was just a poor kid that was bullied in school and just pushed him over the edge, and it's not his fault. It's not his fault. You know whose fault it is? It's the gun's fault. It's the, the, the tactical store he bought it from. It's, it's their fault. The gun manufacturer, it's their fault. It's not Nicholas Cruz's fault. He's just an innocent baby that was just manipulated. Manipulated by the gun. The gun told him to go do that. And that's why we need to ban guns. Gun control now. That's the logic. That is the logic that these guys use. I know it sounds like, oh, Andrew, you're just being funny. No, that's 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 the thoughts that run through their head every day. Every day, they, that's how they think. That's what they want for this country. It's scary. I know, it's scary. But it's true. And it's something we as Americans need to be conscious of all the time. That that's their thought process. That's how they think. Anyway, I wanted to put that out there. I actually talked to Andrew Pollock uh, just a couple weeks ago and discussed with him about the new podcast here that you're listening to and asked him if he'd be willing to talk to us sometime. And he said, of course. So I'll try to get a hold of him. I would love to get his thoughts firsthand on this situation right here and just kind of get an update about what he's doing because he's been doing a lot of 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 activism on the side of protecting the schools and not trying to ban guns, which is exactly what needs to be happening. But we'll try to get to that point and uh, bring him on the show. Uh, over to more absurd-thinking liberals over on The View. And I bring this up because it's uh, got to do with guns as well. Whoopi Goldberg is talking about Trump, Russia, same stuff they always talk about. And she gets to the point where she wants to use the phrase, the smoking gun. But she stops herself because apparently, even with the nasty things that have come out of her mouth, not only over the years, but even on this show, she feels like it would be just too offensive to say the word gun. Seriously. Whoopi Goldberg. Of all people, it's too offensive to say the word gun. Just take a listen to this right here. This is precious. Absolutely, absolutely precious. All right, let's say, uh, where y'all at, View? This is what we call live podcasting. Y'all don't get a lot of this, do you? 
let's see here. And let's go. I don't think treason <laughs> is going to sit well with well, the we've, but we've seen it already. No, we, we haven't. We, no, we've, we've, we've heard people mm. talk about it. But no one's been able to say, and here's where it is. And I think that's what people are waiting for. They're waiting for, here's the smoking, I don't want to say the word, but here's the, we'll get a peek the smoking into that. flute. We'll get a little bit of a peek into <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> the smoking flute? I think that sounds worse than the smoking gun. Smoking flute. That's what sounds derogatory. Why would you even do that? We'll get a peek uh, today, I think. But what maybe. if there isn't that smoking, I'll say it, smoking gun at the end? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Abby Huntsman said smoking gun. Would you look at that? The FCC should probably fine her for that. Offensive. Offensive language. Jeez Louise. She said gun. Watch out. Watch out, everybody. I know y'all get aggravated with me for uh, playing clips of The View all the time, but I'm going to be honest. As much as it's like nails on a chalkboard, I can't get enough of it. I can never get enough of it. And call me crazy, maybe I've got some sort of mental instability that causes that, that draws me to The View when I hear things like that come out of their mouths. I don't know. But it's something. Something gets a hold of me. It makes me listen to that stuff. 646-668-2714. 646-668-2714. That will uh, get you in here on the show if you want to talk you want to add something before we get out of here um i'm very surprised that i have made it through the show with my voice going out the way it has but uh i'm almost there almost there and we'll uh once we wrap this thing up we'll get it posted to spotify and apple podcast and all that jazz so you guys can go back and listen to it and take it with you. I want to remind you guys, as far as Spotify and Apple Podcasts go, if you have an iPhone or an iPad or anything, you already have Apple Podcasts on there. It's one of those apps that comes with the device. You're able to look it up on there. If you can't find it just from a simple search, you can go to my social media, Andrew McLean, or you can go uh, at Andrew McLean, who on Twitter or over the line on Facebook, all of those pages have the information as far as getting to Apple Podcast or getting to Spotify. Once you do that, you can go and uh, you can go look that stuff up. You can actually download it while you're at home on the Wi-Fi and then take it with you on the road. If you don't have a lot of data left or you're in uh, areas of town where you don't have a lot of signal, that's what's really cool about it is the fact that you can take it with you no matter where you go. You're going on an airplane ride, you ain't going to have internet while you're up there, download a few episodes, take it with you. Let Andrew talk you through your flight. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. We can start doing, uh, for some of y'all, we'll do ASMR podcast. I think that's what it's called. 
if you go and uh, you listen to or, or you look up YouTube ASMR videos, it's where they talk like this and they whisper and it brings people comfort and helps them go to sleep. But personally, it creeps me out. And it's probably creeping you out right now too. So we probably won't do those. That's just a little weird. On the immigration front, let me just tell you about 105 illegal aliens, including convicted child sex offenders, were arrested in a widespread ICE raid across the state of New Jersey. It was conducted a couple of weeks ago, and we're just now finding out about it, but it resulted in the arrest of more than 100 illegal aliens, 80% of which had prior criminal convictions or pending criminal charges. Now, you're going to say to yourself, well, you know, that's, that's bad, but we know they're in this country. And so, good thing we caught them. Now we can move on to to doing whatever else, building the wall and all all that other stuff. It's more than just hearing we call it illegal immigrants. you got to really dive into the report and get some details on it, like what their offenses were or maybe even where they're from. And I want to give you that list because this is very important, and it's something we've harped on time and time again, that we don't have just... Mexican nationals crossing our border. We don't have just people from El Salvador and Guatemala crossing our border. We have people from all over the globe crossing our southern border with the intention of doing harm, committing crimes. Here's the list. A 59-year-old Korean national who has an Interpol warrant to serve his sentence for the crime of indecent acts by compulsion causing bodily injury. Now, an Interpol warrant means he's got warrants in other countries for egregious acts that he's committed while there. Another one, a 44-year-old Korean national who has Interpol warrants. He is to serve his sentence for the crime of distribution of psychotropic drugs. A 34-year-old Ecuadorian national. A 54-year-old Russian national. The fact that we're just so freaked out over Russians, why is this not a big deal? A 35-year-old Ecuadorian national, 35-year-old Venezuelan, a 52-year-old Mexican 34-year-old Honduran, 43-year-old Canadian national, a 25-year-old previously deported Guatemalan national. He was arrested for aggravated assault and possession of a weapon. An ICE detainer was lodged with Middlesex County Jail, but they refused to honor the ICE detainer and released the subject. A 41-year-old Taiwanese national, a 38-year-old Cuban national, 48-year-old Jamaican national, 28-year-old El Salvadorian, 19-year-old Mexican, 31-year-old Mexican. These are all people that have criminal records 
and or have been deported multiple times. But we have no reason to protect our border or build the wall. We want to do like the European nations. We want to open those borders up and let anybody and everybody come on through. Come on down. It's like the price is right. Come on down, illegal immigrant. You're the next contestant on how are you going to screw up our country? Yeah. That's what we're doing. We're Bob Barker. We're Drew Carey. We're, the, we're trying to be the Drew Careys of the world. Ugh. Such a headache. Talking about this. I get so frustrated. There were other stories I wanted to tell you about uh, a father who is uh, speaking out after her daughter is murdered by an illegal alien. Apparently, his 16-year-old daughter was dating a 20-year-old kid, uh, or man, young man, if you will. And when she broke up with him, he stabbed her to death. This 20-year-old illegal immigrant stabbed a 16-year-old girl to death. Happened back in September. But the dad said, <clears throat> excuse me. Wow, that was rough. <clears throat> I'm telling you, I'm sick. The dad said, I had a conversation with him when I first met him. What I actually told him, if he had ever hurt my baby girl, what I would do to him. He said he stabbed her to death and then ran like a coward. That could be anybody. That could be literally anybody that that happens to. Simply because we don't want to protect our borders and we don't want to vet the people that do come in. It's absolutely insane. We're out of here. OverTheLineShow.com. Make sure you check it out. Check us out also on Spotify. And uh, Apple Podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new show. See you, cuz. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.